The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to bring this repurposed episode from my guest appearance on The Intuitive Therapist with Janice Cohen. This episode actually aired back in November, but I thought it had such amazing content I wanted to bring it to you here on the Holistic Counseling Podcast. This episode is called The Magic of Mindfulness, Simple Steps to Improve Your Life. I talk about how you can easily integrate mindfulness into your daily life. I share my journey through mindfulness and offer a mindfulness exercise to help you connect to your breath and to your body. I think there's so much you can get from this episode. I want to hear what you think. Drop me a line at chris at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. Let me know what you think of this episode. And here is my guest appearance on The Intuitive Therapist with Janice Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, The Intuitive Therapist here on The Intuitive Therapist Podcast. Welcome to another week. I want you to listen to today's podcast with a different ear than you usually do. Uh, because we're going to talk about mindfulness in a different way than you're used to hearing about it. My guest and I are going to frame mindfulness in a way that's different, explaining the magic that is within it if you choose to practice it every day. Yes, there's a lot written about mindfulness, and you probably don't even need to listen to today's podcast to get the gist of what mindfulness is. But if you do, I hope you'll use the tips and tricks we share today to practice it just a little bit differently. When used properly, it can reduce stress, reduce chronic pain, and increase your focus. There is a powerful mind-body connection to success and health when we practice mindfulness. And if you want to function better overall, then today's podcast episode is for you. Today, my guest is Chris McDonald, licensed therapist and holistic provider uh, with a group practice, Path to Hope Counseling in Raleigh, North Carolina. She is a 200-hour registered yoga teacher and offers gentle yoga classes, workshops, and private yoga sessions. She specializes in treatment of anxiety, depression, trauma, and grief in young adults experiencing life transitions. She teaches clients relaxation skills, mindfulness, meditation, and uses brain spotting in treatment of trauma. Chris also offers therapy for therapists and published the book, Holistic Self-Care for Counselors. She launched a holistic counseling podcast in April, 2021 to help mental health therapists learn how to integrate holistic strategies into treatment and build a holistic counseling practice. Welcome, Chris, so happy to have you. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing because we're gonna get into (laughs) the heart of this and, I always like to ask my guests how they got into uh, their line of work. So tell us a little bit about how you got into doing what you do. 
So as far as counseling, um, this was something that I always thought about doing and wasn't sure about, but something just drew me to school counseling before. I just always had that desire to kind of help people. And I was never what some people say, oh, everybody came to me with their problems. They didn't. (laughs) My road was a little different. I found my way through that though. And now that's different. I have um, my private practice in Raleigh, which is going well. Um, And through mindfulness, that's been my favorite thing that I have learned. And I actually went, I first discovered I went on a teacher retreat when I worked for the school system and learned from a medical doctor that was teaching us about how to stay in the present moment. I had never heard of this. It was like, whoa, this is like so cool. Let me learn more. So as I developed my practice, I did some trainings online, um, studied under Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, He's done a lot of trainings on mindfulness. He lives his whole life that way. He's a Buddhist monk um, who lives in, I think it's France now. He was in Vietnam, but he has amazing practices that you can learn so much from and just kind of incorporate it into my daily life. Um, I also attended a Buddhist group, which is called a Sangha, which is a community of people that are interested in these practices and we would help each other and support each other to be more mindful and develop meditation practices as well. So that feels like a really strong draw to mindfulness. Yes, I love so it. I'm curious, like <laughs> what drew you so strongly outside of just general interest? Yeah. What drew you so strongly to really learning and diving deep into mindfulness? And I think it was my own journey through anxiety because I was always looking for something to kind of help me with that. And I think, as you know, Janice, a lot of uh, clinicians and therapists were trying to heal ourselves. Always. <laughs> through yeah. what we're doing. Always. <laughs> it's a journey, right? And I just, I just discovered that and I was like, wow, this could really help me and help my clients and help me be more effective the more I dive into this. And and because anxiety is that future thinking, yeah. future-oriented thinking and mindset. And to, to come back and dial it back to the present moment awareness, there was just something about that that just drew me in. And it's huge. Like that, it if, is. if people with it anxiety is. can master being able to pull oh. themselves, <laughs> yes. themselves back from the future and just anchor in now, it's like all of a sudden there's relief. You know, you'll still yes. have the, the thoughts that haunt you. We're going to talk about the thoughts, what to do with them. Um, but, but the truth is all you have is now, right? Yeah, exactly. And and every time you're in the future, you lose your now. And so if, if there was a basic description of mindfulness that you could share with the listeners, what would you say it is? It's being present in your mind, body, and spirit right here, right now. And not again, getting caught up in the past. We didn't talk about the past. So I talked about anxiety is the future depression is the past. Yeah. So really tuning back into what is happening in the present moment. Right. So when people, what what do you think people learn from that? Like just in terms of life lessons, how does mindfulness truly and being in the present, how, how can that positively impact someone? Like people, people mm-hmm. talk about all this stuff. Yes. Stay present and all you have is now. I have yada, just yada, said yada, all right? that, right? <laughs> but but there's there's a lot of power and you either put through it or you like kapow it. You're like, whoa. So what, what, why would anybody want to incorporate that into their life? 
Well, what I've learned through mindfulness meditation, which is another way to meditate, and I've done that, and through just regular mindfulness practices, which we can talk about, um, is you become less reactive to stress. So when stress comes up, you are slower to react. You're not going to jump right in and uh, have an automatic thought reaction. So you you take things a little bit slower, and you can really think before you respond, which is so important with stress, anxiety, anger, all those emotions. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing, biggest that's draw biggest for me. Thing. Yeah. To, to observe, to be able to observe and then be able to make pause versus, yeah. To take the pause. Right. 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 When we were um, talking before y'all, she uh, interviewed me for her podcast. And uh, I think that's coming out in a couple of months. I'll keep y'all posted. Yes. Um, and we, we started to talk a little bit about mindset and the details of, of the podcast today. And you brought up this concept of Dharma. And I, I, I would love for you to tell the listeners, uh, uh, there's, there's karma, there's Dharma, and then there's, uh, anyway, please tell, please tell the listeners about Dharma. So Dharma is like a universal truth, okay. universal law, um, what you want to learn. And, and a lot of times, um, and I think I was telling you before that with the group I was in, the Buddhist group I was in, we had a Dharma. So we would learn, what what can you learn to further help your soul development, basically? And um, it's, it's a, kind of deep too, <laughs> to really Is think dharma about. like a yeah. life path? Is it kind of like your Dharma? Is it how you show up in the world? You talked about what it can be. There's a lot of definitions. Yeah, there's a lot of definitions for it. But in the group I was in, it Uh was more about just what you're learning. And we would have um, books that we would share and discuss. And how can you use the learnings, the teachings from the Buddha or other people in the Buddhist um, religion to help you improve your life, basically? That's very cool. That's a very simplized simplification. But yeah. It's kind of, you know, one of the things that I talk about with my listeners all the time is that everything in your life is a, is a less, it's a teacher. Everything. Exactly. From, you know, yep. like I sit here and I'm, I talk to people and during my sessions, whether it's on Zoom or interviews on Zoom or phone, and I get a chance to look out the window and, and see like I'm looking at the rain or the trees or whatever. And right. mm-hmm. the birds will come by or, or I'll notice things in my room that I wouldn't have noticed before. Everything participates in our own awareness. I think so many people are so caught up in what's happening in the future that you forget to really be aware in, in the now. And, and what a lesson that is, right? In terms of it is, a person's totally. dharma, just to to really be able to, to pay attention to, to what is your, now. your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your truth. I think so, it could be a mindset too. T- talk more about yeah. mindset. How do you mean that? It could be a mindset. Um, because like with mindfulness, you're looking more at being instead of doing. Yeah. So sure. the world teaches us, our society is go, go, go and right. never rest and have to keep busy all the time. That's, that's like glorified. Right. But yeah. with mindfulness about, spending that time just being in daily activities. Um, there's so many more different ways to use mindfulness than some people are aware of. How so? It can what, be are, just, what are some yeah. ways? So basic daily activities. So this is not something you have to add to your to-do list to say, oh, geez, just, this lady's going to tell us to <laughs> add more that we have to do. Right. When you're, when you're washing dishes, that's a perfect mindfulness yeah. activity to really tune in, using all your senses to smell the soap, 
to feel the warmth of the water, to feel the dish as you make circles on the water. And, and a thought comes up, you just notice it and just come back to your breathing, come back to your activity and just continue on. So it's acknowledging the thoughts are going to come up. We all have the monkey mind, right? Right. But then just noticing not beating yourself up and then just come back to what you're doing yeah. or coming back to your breath. Nice. And it sounds so nice when you say it. And I, you know, for me, I love concrete steps and I always try to give people concrete steps. And what you just described is fantastic. It's the permission to simple allow your left brain to do what it does, but to be aware of what you're doing, being, being present. It, this reminds me of uh, a story I read years ago about uh, it was it was a Buddhist story, Tibetan Buddhist monks about how they drink their tea. There was a story that mentioned that they build tea houses in particular ways. And the tea houses, the the entrance door is always short, meaning low, so that every single person has to enter at the same level. They they crawl in. And each table is set up in a particular way with only a particular amount of people. And uh, there's the spoon there, there's the, the cup, the saucer, uh, and um, I believe three people sit at a table and the person who waits on them, waits on them in a particular way. The tea is poured a particular way. The tea is stirred a particular way in a number of times. And each drinker takes the tea, drinks it in three sips, smell, taking moments to smell the smell, feel the heat, feel the cup in the hand, notice breath, feel everything about the tea going down. And it's, it is a whole process. And once the tea is gone, I believe there's a process after that. And then they leave the same way at the same level that everybody else came in. And so to me, I think that's a beautiful description of what yes. mindfulness is. Is I think that's the coolest step story. By step. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. step by step, it just and can I just tell nowhere. you two of the hardest things that I've gone to mindfulness retreats. I've gone days of mindfulness retreats. The hardest thing. This sounds so simple, but the hardest thing that they said was, "Okay, so you need to be mindful when you put your shoes on." Yeah. Who's mindful when they put their shoes on? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or open the door, open and close the door. How mindless are we? Right. When we do that. Right. To stop and be like, yeah. okay, let me just put my hand on the, the hand. I'm feeling that. Is it warm? Is it cool? Is it smooth? Is it rough? Let me just slowly open the door and notice I'm stepping through the door. It is so, you know, to me, <laughs> it sounds so nice <laughs> the way you talk about it. Oh my gosh. And your voice is like, oh, notice the handle. Notice how it feels. Yeah, it feels. And you know, it's so funny. I I think so many people, like you said, we're in a rush, rush society. I know me. I I got places to go. People see things. Yes. And so uh, uh, I'll probably take more time with my hair and makeup than I will put my shoes on, you know? But there are other things that I will take more time with. Yeah. I think, I think just speaking of that, most people have a problem in the beingness. Most people have a problem being. And, and I, I'm curious, I have my own perspective about mm-hmm. why people feel challenged with being, just being. What's your sense of why people have challenge with the beingness of being? 
We're not used to it. Why? Right? Why? Because we're used to filling the time or or anxiety comes up, right? I find that a lot with my clients that got to keep busy, busy. And they'll tell me, oh, I'm fine if I'm doing something. But the minute I sit down, the anxious thoughts come or, you know, if they have trauma, some thoughts come up from that. So they're trying to distract themselves out of feeling. Right, right. Not quite often. Without a doubt. Uh, and I would echo that. I think most people have a hard time because you end up thinking. And what you're trying to run away from or yeah, trying to suppress. It comes back, doesn't it? All comes up. No question. No question. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, so hard. No, without a doubt, it, it really is. So you learned a lot from your studies. Um, is there a particular uh, experience you had or a particular strategy or insight that you got from either of your mentors? Uh, I, I love... Uh, I think, please tell me his name again, because I always mispronounce it. <laughs> it's Tick Tick Nahat Han. Yeah. Tick. Yes. Yes. Um, it's hard. I, I, yeah. It's T-H-I-C-H. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard yeah. name, but powerful man. Uh, he is oh, amazing. What, what epiphanies did you get that maybe other people haven't or that you were taught that truly made a complete difference in how you were able to really incorporate mindfulness in your life? Well, one thing I learned is it's a gift. It's a gift for yourself. Because mm. I always came in with minds, oh my God, I have to learn something new. I have to apply this. I got to put figure out how I'm going to fit this in my day. It's a gift to yourself. And just reminding yourself of that, how important that is. Talk more about the gift, because I think you're onto something very, very important, uh, especially when people take time to get help from therapists or improve their life mm -hmm. in some way. Um, you know, perhaps it's the investment uh, in yourself, but what makes it a gift? It really can center you and ground you and bring you back. He always says too, it brings you back home, mm. which is in your body, in your breath, back home. So wow. bring yourself there. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's powerful. It really it, is. It really, really is. Um, yeah, I think most people feel like home is away or something else. It's not. It is so not. <laughs> and 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 when you realize that it literally can take a breath to reconnect with self, and a that's breath. It. Like there's no hard work here, y'all. No, 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 no hard work. It's like <laughs> if you here's the thing. I I know when I feel like I'm kind of going nuts in my head and what I mean by nuts in my head is that I have a lot going on. I have a very, very busy mind. I'm multitasking constantly, especially for work. Cause like I have a lot of projects and a lot of clients, a lot of this and a lot of that. And, um, I want to tell the listeners and I, and I would imagine you would support this, that when you are going a million miles a minute, when you are trying to juggle so much, when you feel like your plate is full, there is no better time to take a moment and center yourself than in the fr in the frenzy. Uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. That's the perfect time. And that's what mindfulness is, that gift. Right, right. So are there other times that you have found, we talk about feel, people feeling anxious. We talk about people who, like me, are are just busy 
what are some other important times that mindfulness can be immediately put into place? Remember, it's a breath. It could be a movement. Whatever, whatever brings you back to sensing yes. yourself in your body. It could be that you dance. It could be that you start clapping or singing, whatever it is. But what are some other parts of people's lives where if they were to just do something that brought them back to self, it could truly change the trajectory of their day and their life? Walking. Walking meditation is powerful. And that means really tuning in, just like opening the door, right? Most people aren't paying attention. Yeah. Or just walking. But when people walk, to, yes. be, to be intentional and... Intentional with walking. So you can focus on the feel of your heel each time that it hits the floor and hits the ground. You can focus on your hip moving each time. Or if you want to... I used to count when I worked in the school system. <laughs> this was my meditation, yeah. walking meditation. I would count one, two three, four, count each step to four and then back to one again. Some reason that just kind of zoned me in. Wow. That's and nice. I was in my body. Nice. In between, like in between walking around the school. Yeah. So that, that helped calm me down, but you can do that in your backyard. Yeah. Just when you get home from work, try to unload that ground yourself, walk on the grass, just focusing on that. I love it. And so can I, I just, can I just say a quote that he said sure. about walking? Oh yeah. So we have to walk in a way that we only print peace and serenity on the earth. Walk as if you are kissing the earth with your feet, not rushing energy. That's my favorite oh, part. Oh, I love it. Walk as if your feet are kissing, kissing the, earth. the earth. This reminds me of Eat, Pray, Love. There was a, when she went to go visit uh, um, the man in, I think it was, it was either, I think it was, was it India? Kutut. And he had probably had four teeth, but he was a very, very wise man. And he would tell her to smile from her liver. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to be to <laughs> smile, to smile from the inside so that it radiated out. Yes. That's, a, that's, a, that's in alignment with, with what you're trying to your feet to kiss the ground. I think, think of all that are, rushing energy yeah. that you give to the earth. Yeah. And, and, the earth, uh, if any of you are out there that, that ground yourself, you know, you, you, it's called earthing where you take your shoes off, uh, and your socks off and you walk, uh, in the grass and you just feel, feel that energy. It really, really does work. Or if you practice any other grounding methods, uh, you know, for sure you can practice mindfulness when you do those things. But if you tend to be anxious, Practice my, mindfulness, practicing mindfulness is key when you're grieving, because when you're grieving, you are caught up in the feeling of loss and you're caught up in the past past. So breathing and being present uh, is, is huge. Um, yes, when definitely. you're excited about something, for sure, the grounding, the mindfulness is very, very important. So really, it can be you could do it before an exam. You could do it before a presentation. You can do it before any kind of meeting that you feel nervous about, or if you're going to hop on a phone call or before you're going to write an email. Or, or in the text. car ride before you go to work or right. someplace stressful. Beautiful. I always tell clients too to go back to their breath when they're driving. Everybody's in the car already. You might yeah. as well do some breathing. <laughs> For sure. You might as well do some breathing. And, and then and noticing the steering wheel on your hands. How does yeah. that feel? Noticing your feet on the foot pedals or on the floor of the seat. Feeling the texture of the seat. Right. In your hand and right. bringing so, yourself back. And so 
I would, I would highly guard people. Like when you get into the car, do your mindfulness. But if you're driving, y'all pay attention to the road. Pay attention to the road, of course. <laughs> focusing on this, how the steering wheel feels and, and causing an accident. So, so that said, be safe when you drive, of course. Of course. Um, so I want to talk about um, two things that I teach my clients about mindfulness. And I'd love for your feedback uh, because I have found that it, I mean, it's worked for me. It seems to be helpful to, to my clients. Two things. The first uh, method, and there's no, it's not like either one is more important. They each work differently based on, on the client. But one is when you, when you notice your thoughts, if there's a thought that, uh, a thought or thoughts that, that makes you feel anything other than peace, calm, and joy, look at it, take it out of your mind and literally put it up on a screen in front of you and then pan back as if you're panning back in a movie, you know, where only the, the central character or the thought, the central thought is uh, being emphasized and just literally look at it, like, look at it, look out and feel the weight of it. Look at the font, look at how it shows up, how big, how small, and, and just consider, just consider it. That's it. No judgment. Just consider it. Uh, and if it's worthy of exploring and there's some validity, great. But to ask the question of thought, is, is this true, right? Is this true? Likelihood, it is not. If it's causing you stress right. or, or strife, then you can, I always tell people, question your thoughts. The ego will make you believe that what you think is is the gospel, that is the truth. And 99% of the time, it's really not. It's your projections and assumptions. The second way that I, I have found this to be so helpful is when I've done this with people who have feelings, but you could do this with a thought. So either a feeling or a thought, you, you pay attention to where the thought lives in your body. Uh, maybe it's in your head, your ear, your nostrils, your chest, your stomach your lower back, and, and then bring attention to, uh, of course, the area. You identify the color of it, color of the thought, the shape of the thought, the density, the weight, and then you ask the thought and the shape, the color, the density to leave your body, find a place in the room, and then ask Ooh, the that's thought, nice. right? Why are you here? Because every feeling mm. slash thought has a positive intention. It's getting you to notice something that you didn't notice that you kept ignoring, right? So you, you'll ask it. You'll say, hey, I know you have a positive intention. I may not like you and I don't want you to be here. Why are you here? Thought, what do you need me to, to notice? And then people, I ask people to listen to what they hear. Right. Don't think yourself out of it. What do you think of those two processes? Well, that one you just mentioned is wonderful. And I, I always cool? I always go back to the somatic because I'm a holistic therapist and I always ask, you know, where, where, what does that bring up in your body? Where do you feel that? But I've been using more of putting your hand on that space. So if it's on your chest, your shoulder, if it's a space they can, of course, yeah. um, putting your hand on, let's just say it's their chest and just noticing how it feels. Does it change any when you put your hand on it? And then going again, like you said, I, I haven't said go across the room. That was interesting. Yeah, we <laughs> take it out and objectify Take it, it out. Yeah. yeah, the objective. So yeah. that's definitely a good thing to do. But I think also saying, what message do you have? 
right. period, just see what comes up. This doesn't work for everybody. Right. <laughs> we'll Some say that. Have Some, a hard time because they, they do have a hard time with that. Out of receiving. Receiving is a receiving. Practice, is it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't accept that intuition with it. Right. Over overthink it, but right. But it can be very, very powerful to, to do that. It is. Um, if you could take a few moments, um, and for those of you listeners that are driving, please, I, I'm going to ask her to kind of guide you through just a maybe five minute uh, guided process so that you can really start to um, put this into, into play in your life. If you are driving, do not do this while you're driving. Uh, but if right. you're not and you have a few minutes, um, Chris, would you mind leading us through some, uh, a little, maybe five, 10 minute exercise, however long you want, uh, to teach us how to begin the process of presence, mindfulness, and then maybe end us up somewhere that typically your clients are get help from. Okay. So if you want to close your eyes, if you're not driving, of course, and you're in a safe space, or you can look at the ground in front of you gently with your eyes open. So just see if you can sit with your spine straight and just noticing your feet on the floor. And just notice your breath. We always start there. Just notice what you're feeling with your breath. You can feel your chest rising on the inhale, falling on the exhale. Just notice for a moment, notice that rising and falling. And I'm just going to read a, a short poem for the breathing. This is a way for you to be mindful. So as you breathe in, say to yourself, breathing in, I'm aware of my body. Breathing out, I relax my body. Breathing in, I'm aware of my thoughts. Breathing out, I let them go. Breathing in, I connect to my spirit. Breathing out, I connect to the divine. And just allow your breathing to go at its own natural pace. And imagine roots coming from the bottom of your feet to the earth, connecting you, grounding you, feeling earth's energy coming up. And just notice how it feels to be in this space of the present moment, not worrying what you're doing after this, or what happened before, just try to be present and noticing your legs, any tension in there, noticing the chair beneath you, holding you up, noticing the center of your body, where you are, and just noticing your shoulders so you can soften them. You can go ahead and roll them back, that mindful awareness of body, noticing your neck and your head any tension, just feeling your spine straight. Imagine you're sitting by a waterfall. It's a wonderful warm day. And you're just chilling by this waterfall, taking your time, noticing the sounds, seeing the blue sky, the clouds, feeling the breeze in your hair, noticing how your body feels in this place, Notice your mind in this place and you're there by yourself or if with someone else where you feel safe, someone that's safe for you. And if a thought comes up, like, I don't know if I'm doing this right, <laughs> just see that thought, accept it without judgment 
and imagine it as written on a leaf falling into the stream, floating away. And you watch that leaf float away and come back to your breath, feeling the chest rise and fall. And just staying here, staying present, noticing what it's like to allow those thoughts to float away, noticing those thoughts, you don't have to believe them. They're only thoughts. And again, another thought comes up. I'm hungry or another physical sensation. Got to go to the bathroom, <laughs> whatever it is. So again, imagine it written on a leaf. Notice it float down to the stream and float away. Let it go and let it go. And then come back to your breath. Releasing without judgment. Then just bringing yourself back into your room, wherever you are. Noticing any sounds. What do you hear in your room, outside of your room? Notice any sensation with air. Is it warm or cool? Or if it's neutral. And feeling your hands where they're touching your lap. Notice how that texture feels. Notice if it's rough or soft. I'm feeling your breath. Take a nice slow breath in. Pause at the top. And nice long exhale through the nose. And you can wiggle your fingers and toes and bring your awareness back to the present moment. I didn't time it. I don't know if it was five minutes. <laughs> oh, it was so good, y'all. Aren't y'all relaxed now? Ooh. So good. I love the releasing it on a leaf. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Have that you- is the perfect so mindfulness good. way to, to oh, let go of thoughts. So good. Do you, um, do you have any recordings for people that they can purchase from you? Or do you, do you write your own scripts? I have some, yeah. I have not recorded some, yeah, but I can definitely. Um, that, I do have actually one, but um, but I can let you know. I can give you that link. Definitely. Okay, super, super. So, non-judgmental awareness—that's what mindfulness yes. is about. And non-judgmental means that you are simply noticing, you are observing. Our critical mind does not have a, a place at this table when we do mindfulness. This isn't about uh, you flipping through all the, uh, the, the thought files that you have of how uh, you're not doing enough, you aren't enough, you're, you need to be doing more, all the, the pressure. Mindfulness, it, and it's, not, it's really not BS, it really is absolutely so fantastic to simply observe. We don't do that right. enough. And to be just curious. Noticing, right? Yep. With that curiosity. Just, yeah. Just like, huh, interesting that that showed up. Huh. Okay. And if that judgmental mind does come up, just noticing it. Just try to s- step outside of that, too. How do you step outside it? The judgmental mind comes up and says, yeah, well, you know, you didn't do everything you needed to That's do. That's judge, judging, thinking of a word for it, right? Whatever name you want to call it. That's okay. the judge. Okay. And so when and come we, back to a sensation. How, so come back to a sensation in the body, in the body. And that, that would be ideally the, the quickest way is through breath. Yes. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. So it's, it's not that when you practice mindfulness, you're not holding yourself accountable for things. It's 
you are being more integrity-based and intentional about the thoughts that you choose to take on and what you do with those thoughts. To me, that feels like a core piece of mindfulness. It's like, give yourself the opportunity to choose what you think because the ego mind will choose for you if you are not cognizant and intentional. Great summary. So, yes. Oh, well, Spirit just shared that with me. So I had to share that. That was not of Janice. So, um, so beingness, huge, 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 so important. And here's the thing. What people don't really understand is how, how impactful mindfulness and meditation can be. Uh, breath is meditation. A breath. That's it, is meditation. That's it. Yep. Most people feel like, oh, I got to be uh, official about this. I got to sit in a chair and I gotta, everything's got to be said. No. No, it Perfection doesn't. is in the moment in the breath, and that can be a full meditation. And so, okay, totally forgot what I was going to say, but my whole point is thank you, Spirit just reminded me. So, mindfulness and meditation can truly change the trajectory of your day. The fact that you take breath, the fact that you center, the fact that you ground, you can think more clearly. You can focus better. Right. You can discern more. Like you said, you can uh, slow down reaction time and get into response, right? It, it truly, it, it's literally like putting a salve uh, on a wound. It just calms the inflammation. I want y'all to really think about that. Listen to how she shared the process with you. This most recent exercise of being by the waterfall and noticing breath and, and all of that. Practice that y'all, because I'm telling you, it, it can honest to God change every day. And you can do it as many yes. times as you want. That's the thing. Uh, That's because, the beauty. It's yeah. you can just do a few minutes and still have that positive result. That's right. That's right. That anchoring. And there's nothing better than feeling anchored when the world outside of you is freaking chaotic and all in all honesty. So, so you gotta find that that calm within. Right. Is are there any last thoughts that you have for the listeners before I give them and before you give them ways to contact you and listen to your podcast, get your book and what 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 are some takeaways that we haven't mentioned or a takeaway that we haven't mentioned that you want listeners to really know if about? If you can give yourself the gift of the morning too. Mm-hmm. I find that I like to do some um, some yoga, which is, I feel I find the movement and breath for mindfulness because that's being present and then do some meditation in the morning. And again, I don't do hours. I do sometimes five minutes. Yeah, sure. Sometimes I do one yoga pose, but it's about trying to set that intentionality to set my day. That sets the tone for your day, the way I, you start your day. Love it. I love that you said, because my, my head is like, okay, I've done yoga before. I love yoga. My sister-in-law is an expert in yoga. Uh, but I love what you just said, because for a busy mind like me, it's like, just do one yoga pose. You don't have yep, to be sufficient. <laughs> one you don't have to do pose. 90 minutes. <laughs> no, right. you just do one and just hold it and be mindful of right. that. Mm-hmm. Feel your body and just notice everything. And you've just practiced mindfulness. It is that simple. Nothing complicated. I love talking with you, Chris. Honestly, like oh, it, this has been so good. And I yes, hope this has been great. Yeah, I hope they, they take uh, what you shared 
follow, listen to this recording, listen to that process that uh, you led, the exercise that you led, led people through and do this because, oh, there's nothing better than being calm. I can just tell you there's yes. nothing better mm-hmm. than being calm. I just think better. too of, as a mantra, I am here. Mm. And really, Ooh. really embody that. And you can do that with yoga, inhaling arms up, I am. Exhaling arms down here. And try that too, wow. to start your day. Or yeah. as a reminder, right, Janice? <laughs> yes, I am here. Oh my gosh. I love that. So good. Life so changing. Good. That is life changing. My friend, tell people how to reach you. Um, I know you can do your remote work. You can help people. Tell them how to reach you and find out all about you, please. Sure. Um, I have a website. It's www.pathtopecounseling.com. And I have a podcast for therapists. It's holisticcounselingpodcast.com also. So reach out. Yeah. And I'm on Instagram as well. Wonderful. Path path to hope. To hope. Yep. Path to hopecounseling.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so they can reach you um, through through that website. Yep. Through the email on there. Yep. The contact. Wonderful. Wonderful. Chris McDonald. Thank you. Thank you. It's a blessing me. to have you on my podcast. I always feel like spirit guides me to have the right people on. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Of and I, I hope the listeners y'all have enjoyed today and uh, please incorporate mindfulness. It's in a moment and that moment could change your life. Um, if you choose to be here right now. So I thank y'all for listening again. Thank you, Chris. I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week. And as always live intuitively. Thank you for listening and supporting the Holistic Counseling Podcast. If you are loving this podcast, please share with your colleagues so we can continue to grow our holistic community. Also, are you ready to take the next step to create an integrative counseling practice? I invite you to sign up for my free nine-part email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you'll explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to manifest your dream practice. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com, scroll down and enter your name and email address today. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.